All set? Okay. Good morning. And happy Father's Day to our fathers this morning. Uh, we will begin our worship with hymn 372, found in the blue hymnal. Please stand. Blessed be God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and blessed be his kingdom now and forever. Amen. Almighty God, to you all hearts are open, all desires known, and from you no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name, 
Through Christ our Lord. Amen. be with you. Let us pray. O Lord, make us have perpetual love and reverence for your holy name, for you never fail to help and govern those whom you've set upon the sure foundation of your loving kindness, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. Please be seated for the readings. A reading from the first book of Kings. Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, so may the gods do to me and more also if I do not make your life like the life of one of them by this time tomorrow. Then he was afraid. He got up and fled for his life and came to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah. He left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a solitary broom tree. He asked that he might die. It is enough now, O Lord. Take away my life, for I am no better than my ancestors. Then he lay down under the broom tree and fell asleep. Suddenly an angel touched him and said to him, Get up and eat. He looked, and there at his head was a cake baked on hot stones and a jar of water. He ate and drank and lay down again. The angel of the Lord came a second time, touched him and said, Get up and eat, otherwise the journey will be too much for you. 
He got up and ate and drank, and then he went the strength of that food 40 days and 40 nights to Horeb, the Mount of God. At that place, he came to a cave and spent the night there. Then the word of the Lord came to him, saying, What are you doing here, Elijah? He answered, I have been very zealous for the Lord, the God of hosts, for the Israelites have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. I alone am left, and they are seeking my life to take it away. He said, Go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. Now there was a great wind, so strong that it was splitting mountains and breaking rocks in the pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind, and after the wind an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire a sound of sheer silence. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. Then there came a voice to him that said, What are you doing here, Elisha? He answered, I have been very zealous for the Lord, the God of hosts, for the Israelites have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. I alone am left, and they are seeking my life to take it away. Then the Lord said to him, Go, return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus. The word of the Lord. Morning, we will use a sing a paraphrase of Psalm 42, it is hymn 658. <laughs>
from Paul's letter to the church in, Ga in Galatia. Now before faith, we were imprisoned and guarded under the law, under faith would be until faith would be revealed. Therefore, the law was our disciplinarian until Christ came, so that we might be justified by faith. But now that faith has come, we are no longer subject to a disciplinarian. For in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. As many of you were baptized into Christ, have clothed, your, clothed yourselves with Christ. There is no longer Jew or Greek. There is no longer slave or free. There is no longer male and female, for all of you are in Christ Jesus. And if you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's offspring, heirs according to his promise. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our gospel hymn this morning is hymn 529. We'll sing the first three, our first two verses prior to the reading of the gospel, the third verse after. Please stand and join in singing hymn 529. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. Glory to you, Lord Christ. Jesus and his disciples arrived at the country of the Gerasenes, which is opposite Galilee. As Jesus stepped out on land, a man of the city who had demons met him. For a long time he had worn no clothes, and he did not live in a house but in the tombs. When he saw Jesus, he fell down before him and shouted at the top of his voice, What have you to do with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I beg you, do not torment me. For Jesus had commanded the unclean spirit to come out of the man. For many times it had seized him. He was kept under guard and bound with chains and shackles, but he would break the bonds and be driven by the demon into the wilds. Jesus then asked him, What is your name? He said, Legion, for many demons had entered him. They begged him not to order them to go back into the abyss. Now there on a hillside a large herd of swine was feeding, and the demons begged Jesus to let them enter these. So he gave them permission. 
Then the demons came out of the man and entered the swine. And the herd rushed down the steep bank into the lake and was drowned. When the swine herds saw what had happened, they ran off and told it in the city and in the country. Then people came out to see what had happened. And when they came to Jesus, they found the man from whom the demons had gone sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. Those who had seen it told them how the one who had been possessed by demons had been healed. Then all the people of the surrounding country of the Gerasenes asked Jesus to leave them, for they were seized with great fear. So he got into the boat and returned. The man from whom the demons had gone begged that he might be with him. But Jesus sent him away, saying, Return to your home and declare how much God has done for you. So he went away, proclaiming throughout the city how much Jesus had done for him. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Lord Jesus Christ, when we are tempted to live in fear, remind us that your life, death, and resurrection are good news, and give us your peace. Amen. Please be seated. I'm going to try not to catch myself on fire. <clears throat> that would be an exciting first sermon. <clears throat> I remember hearing some time ago that the phrase or passage, do not fear, or some version of that, in the Bible can be found there 365 times. The Bible says 365 times, or so someone said, not to be afraid. There's one for every day of the year, a reminder not to live in fear. And while I, of course, want to make a good impression on you today as my first sermon here at St. Peter's, I will openly admit that I did not, at hearing this number, grab my Bible, flip to Genesis, snag a tracking pad, and start from the beginning account. But what I did do was the next best thing. I consulted the great Google. <clears throat> Any of you who have gone down a Google rabbit hole lately will not be surprised to hear, though, that my findings were a little inconclusive. Uh, according to all kinds of writers, and I mean all kinds of writers, the number of do not fears that are, that's found in the Bible ranges anywhere from a modest 140 to more than 365. Many of them say, well, the number, it depends. It depends on how you parse out the Greek and Hebrew. It depends on what you mean by fear. Is this really the fear we think of, or is it fear of the Lord? You know, all kinds of things to consider, yada, yada, yada. But here's where I landed. Whether 140 or 1,040, it would seem that, just based on the number of times it's mentioned, 
Fear is an important enough topic to be addressed often in our sacred scriptures. Indeed, the, the phrase do not fear left the lips of Jesus himself several times, we're told. So what's the big deal then? What makes fear so unfaithful? What makes it so unwise, perhaps unchristian even? Isn't fear the thing that keeps that big scary thing chasing us in the woods, chasing us instead of eating us? Isn't fear, isn't fear of bad consequences the thing that keeps us from making more bad decisions than we already do? Isn't fear protective? Isn't it? So how do we reconcile then what feels like such a hardwired biological human trait, fear, with such a persistent commandment from God, which seems to run the contrary. Do not fear. What do we do with that? Well, although nascent in my preaching career, I have learned at least this far that it's good to start with the Bible. It is generally a good starting place for, for such questions. So of all of our scripture readings today, there was something in common. Actually, that's kind of how the lectionary works. They piece them together for a reason. But there's one thing in common. Did you pick it up? What happened in every single lesson today? Our Old Testament reading from 1 Kings, the scene is set with Elijah. He's running for his life. He's, gonna, he's going actively being chased um, and trying to be killed. And it concludes with him hiding, hiding away in a cave in the wilderness, only then to just be turned around and sent back on his way by God. In fact, verse 3 makes it very clear for us. It says, then he was afraid. He got up and fled for his life. Pretty clear. Fear. And then, admittedly, <clears throat> excuse me, admittedly, the next two are a little bit of a stretch, but even in the psalm, we hear, my tears have been my food day and night, while all day long they say to me, where is your God? I can sense some fear in that, maybe. In Paul's letter to the Galatians, he writes, We were imprisoned and guarded under the law until faith would be revealed. Therefore, the law was our disciplinarian until Christ came. And isn't the cornerstone of traditional discipline an embedded fear of being punished? There's fear there. But finally, we come to a really clear example from Luke's Gospel. In it, we have an exciting, very exciting account of Jesus really flexing his divine muscle here. He heals, and more specifically, he exercises a man possessed with so many demons that they call themselves legion. You see, the demons know who they're dealing with, and so they're very much afraid of Jesus's power. That much is clear. But after his wondrous work of deliverance of this man, what does the story make of the people who witnessed it? We read, Then people came out to see what had happened, and when they came to Jesus, they found the man from whom the demons had gone sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. Those who had seen it told them how the one who had been possessed by the demons had been healed. Then all the people surrounding the country of the Gerasenes asked Jesus to leave them, for they were seized with great fear. They asked Jesus to leave them because they were afraid of what his healing power could really do. So the lesson, I think, at least in my reading, really begins to shift into view here. Could it be that 
Our fear has the ability to run contrary to the saving work of God. Like Elijah, fearfully running from his calling to prophesy only then to be corrected and turned away by the still, small voice in the silence, like the Gerasenes who, out of some fear of the healing power, send God away, rejected, just because it challenged what they believed were limits to their own reality. So do we let fear have the last word? Do we witness the awe-inspiring ability of the gospel, which can turn this world on its head to bring about the upside-down, just kingdom of God? Do we witness all that just to take a step back, to wince and say, ah, that's just a little too much for me. I'm afraid. I don't presume to stand up here and act as if there aren't real occasions to be afraid, particularly in our world these days. Just days ago, another shooting, an act of violence undoubtedly rooted in a deep sense of fear on behalf of a gunman, perhaps a fearful, fearful of a more expansive or broader or changing world. It seems that's where so much hatred often finds its roots, doesn't it? Fear. And this time, that fear took a toll on our own, a small community of our own Episcopal Church. But acknowledging, acknowledging that fearful times come about, that fearful things can happen, doesn't mean that we live in fear. In fact, our scripture goes to great lengths to show that fear cannot have the last word. It does not give life. It only gets in the way of the saving, healing, and inspiring work of God, which is always washing over this world. So we have a choice. We have a choice to either witness and give thanks for this work and even become co-agents in the saving work of God as proclaimers of the good news. Or we can live in fear, fear of what it might require of us, fear of what it might heal in us, fear of what it might change or change the world in which we live. We will soon approach this altar to, sac to offer a sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving, but what might it mean for us to also sacrifice some of our fear on that altar to God as well? Can you think of one? Maybe you have more than one. Maybe you can't pick. There are too many. <clears throat> but I think if Jesus had the power to drive out multitudes from the possessed man in the Gerasene countryside, he might likely still have the power to handle what might feel like a legion of fears in you. Beloved in Christ, be kind, be charitable, be humble, be wise, be prudent, be careful, be faithful, but do not be afraid. Amen. Please stand and join me in affirming our faith using the words of the Nicene Creed. Stand up. Stand right here. Okay. Where's your booklet? We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of the Father. 
eternally begotten, light from light, true God from true God, begotten not made, of one being with the Father, through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation, he came down from heaven. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he became incarnate from the Virgin Mary and was made man. For us, Jesus crucified under Pontius Pilate, he suffered death and was buried. On the third day, he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. With the Father and the Son, he is worshipped and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. In peace, let us pray to the Lord, saying, Lord, have mercy. For the holy church of God, that it may be filled with truth and love and be found without fault at the day of your coming, we pray to you, O Lord. Lord, have mercy. For Michael, our presiding bishop, for Nicholas, our own bishop, for all bishops and other ministers, and for all the holy people of God, we pray to you, O Lord. Lord, have mercy. For all who fear God and believe in you, Lord Christ, that our divisions may cease, and that all may be one as you and the Father are one. We pray to you, O Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the mission of the church, that in faithful witness it may preach the gospel to the ends of the earth, we pray to you, O Lord. Lord, have For those who do not yet believe, and for those who have lost their faith, that they may receive the light of the gospel, we pray to you, O Lord. Lord, have For the peace of the world, that a spirit of respect and forbearance may grow among nations and peoples, we pray to you, O Lord. Lord, have For those in positions of public trust, especially Joseph, our president, and Daniel, our governor, that they may serve justice and promote the dignity and freedom of every person, we pray to you, O Lord. Lord, for all who live and work in this community, especially those who staff our hospitality industry and those who work and those whose work is on the sea, we pray to you, O Lord. Lord for a blessing upon all human labor and for the right to use the riches of creation that the world may be freed from, po from poverty, famine, and disaster, we pray to you, O Lord. Lord for the poor, the persecuted, the sick, and all who suffer, for refugees, prisoners, and all who are in danger, that they may be relieved and protected. We pray to you, O Lord. Lord, have mercy. For this congregation, and for, those, and for those who are present, and for those who are absent, that we may be delivered from the hardness of heart and show forth your glory in all we do. We pray to you, O Lord. Lord, have mercy. For our enemies, and those who wish us harm. For all whom we have injured or offended, we pray to you, O Lord. Lord, have mercy. 
for all who have commended themselves to our prayers, for our families, friends, and neighbors, that they may be freed from anxiety, that they may live in joy, peace, and health. We pray to you, O Lord. Lord, have mercy. In our parish cycle of prayer, for Jeff, Allison, Ben, and Jack Clark, Lou and Bev Clark, and Duncan and Christina Cocroft, we pray to you, O Lord. Lord, have mercy. For our, diocesan, for, our, for our diocesan cycle of prayer, for the campers, counselors, and staff of the Episcopal Conference Center, we pray to you, O Lord. Lord, have mercy. For all who have died in the communion of your church and those whose faith is known to you alone, that with all the saints they may have rest in that place where there is no pain or grief, but life eternal. We pray to you, O Lord. Lord Rejoicing in the fellowship of the ever-blessed Virgin Mary, blessed Peter, our patron, and all the saints, let us commend ourselves and one another and all our life to Christ our God. To, to you, O Lord, our God. Give the doxology. Let us give thanks for all fathers and for those who have mentored and cared for people growing into adulthood. We pray for peace throughout the world, and we pray especially for those who are homeless due to violence. May those who seek refuge outside their home may find a place to rest. For yours is the majesty, O Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory, now and forever. Amen. Let us confess our sins against God and our neighbor. Most merciful God, we confess that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We are truly sorry and we humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us and forgive us, that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways. To the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, have mercy on you forgive you all your sins through our Lord Jesus Christ, strengthen you in all goodness, and by the power of the Holy Spirit, keep you in eternal life. Amen. Please stand. The peace of the Lord be always with you. Let us greet one another with a sign of Christ's love for us. Peace be with you. And again, a happy Father's Day to everyone, and thank you, Drake, for a wonderful homily this morning. Greatly appreciated. As I said to the 8 o'clockers, I'm going to have to up my game. I got competition, so it's great to have Drake with us, and he will be preaching on a monthly basis, so um, we'll see where you grow from here. Well, it'll be exciting to watch. handful of announcements, those are all contained in this insert um, that you find inside your bulletin. Uh, if you don't take the bulletin home, take the insert home with you because it's got all the dates of things going on here at St. Peter's over the next um, month and a half. So take this home, put it on the bulletin board, transfer it to the calendar, great events. We've got a pasta supper coming up. We've got three concerts coming up this summer. And on July 12th, we have 
Dr. Jean Miller speaking on living with uncertainty through reason and hope. And she'll be looking at how to deal with stress in this time of um, great stress throughout the world, I guess is the best way to put it. Not in here is that we do have a breakfast meeting for anyone who would be interested in helping us with this year's Christmas Bazaar. Doesn't matter who you are, what your talents are, please join us. That will be on Thursday the 30th, and that will take place in the parish hall. And I'm making breakfast, so what more could you want? So come join us. We're looking for crafters, organizers, basket weavers, no, basket makers. And um, anyone who can hold up a basket like this while being shrink-wrapped, um, you're hired. But um, to learn more about the um, bazaar, please join us on the 30th at 10 o'clock is the time that I've got in my head. Um, it'll be a wonderful breakfast, if nothing else, at least you'll get fed. So um, that's coming up also. Our, this is the last week for um, giving donations to Ukraine. At this point, it looks like our combined totals between online and plate giving is at about $4,100, $4,200, which is wonderful. So I thank everyone for their generosity. We will announce the big number, um, the final number next week as part of our celebration of St. Peter's Day. Speaking of next Sunday, that is our paternal feast day. And for coffee hour, we're having an ice cream social. So please plan to stay and join us for Brickley's ice cream and condiments and fixings on it. And I am looking for two people who are willing to kind of bring it outside um, next week and serve. I'll get everything set up. All I need is someone to um, bring the ice cream out and the fixings right after communion and help serve it until I can get there. So if anyone is willing to help me with that, please see me after church. I will sign you up. I look like Sarah's like right there and ready. All right. <laughs> she's coming back even if she's not scheduled to sing next week. I've got... I'm trying to figure out if I can get my daughter here. Yeah. <laughs> We'd love to have it. So it should be a wonderful time together. Uh, we are looking for people to help with coffee throughout the summer. Basically things are set up and we're going to begin moving to having both coffee. We'll have iced coffee and lemonade hopefully starting next week as well. And we'll keep having it outside to sit back and enjoy being together for a little bit immediately following the service. In the back of the church, there are two sign-up sheets. One is for lay helpers. It doesn't matter who you are or what your background is or what your experience is. There is no job you cannot do here at St. Peter's when it comes to Sunday morning. And so in the back of the church, we're looking for, especially for this service, people to read, to be lay Eucharistic ministers, which means help with the chalice and do the prayers of the people. And we are looking for ushers. We're especially desperate for ushers during this service. Being an usher is easy. You come about 20 minutes before the service, you pick up the stack of bulletins, you greet people and hand out the bulletins as they come in, you count the people, there's a sheet to fill out, do the plates, bring the plates to the altar, and basically you're done at that point. It's not any, it doesn't get any harder than that, but it's a vital um, ministry here at St. Peter's. Lay Eucharistic ministers, thanks to Drake, you don't have to read the prayers of the people if you don't want to, but just administer the chalice. If, um, beyond that, it's pretty simple. Please see me if you're interested, or first sign up, let me know, and we'll make sure um, we can give you a little bit of the handful of pointers before it starts. 
again, no job is too big or too small, but we do need everybody's help and everybody can help. So um, I think those are all of my announcements. I think I've covered everything. Anything we're missing? Oh, that's right, Ron, sorry. <laughs> uh, this Thursday, uh, St. Peter's by the Sea is sponsoring the Wakefield Pride event at the Contemporary Theater Company. Uh, it's a great community event. It starts at around six o'clock on Thursdays a show or so. Um, and it just seems like a good idea to show up and if nothing else, just buy a drink, buy a snack and be yourself. That's it. 347 Main Street in Wakefield. It's a concert of... It's a concert that's... I don't quite know. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's fun and it's a great way for us to kind of practice our faith in the community. Thank you, Ryan. On that note, walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself for us an offering and sacrifice to God.
The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. Lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give him thanks and praise. God of all power, ruler of the universe, you are worthy of glory and praise. Glory to you forever and ever. At your command all things came to be the vast expanse of interstellar space, galaxies, suns, the planets in their courses, and this fragile earth, our island home. By your will, they were created and have their being. From the primal elements, you brought forth the human race and blessed us with memory, reason, and skill. You made us the rulers of creation, but we turned against you and betrayed your trust, and we turned against one another. Have mercy, Lord, for we are sinners in your sight. Again, and again you called us to return. Through prophets and sages, you revealed your righteous law, and in the fullness of time you sent your only Son, born of a woman, to fulfill your law, to open for us the way of freedom and peace. By his blood he reconciled us, by his wounds we are healed. And therefore we praise you, joining with the heavenly chorus, with prophets, apostles, and martyrs, and with all those in every generation who have looked to you in hope to proclaim with them your glory in their unending hymn. So, Father, we who have been redeemed by him and made a new people by water and the Spirit now bring before you these gifts. Sanctify them by your Holy Spirit to be the body and blood of Jesus Christ, our Lord. On the night he was betrayed, he took bread, said the blessing, broke the bread, and gave it to his friends and said, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. After supper, he took the cup of wine, gave thanks, and said, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do this for the remembrance of me. Remembering now his work of redemption, and offering to you this sacrifice of thanksgiving. We celebrate his death and resurrection as we await the day of his coming. Lord God of our fathers, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Lord God of our mothers, God of Sarah, Rebecca, Rachel, and Leah, God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, open our eyes to see your hand at work in the world about us. 
Deliver us from the presumption of coming to this table for solace only and not for strength, for pardon only and not for renewal. Let the grace of this holy communion make us one body, one spirit in Christ, that we may worthily serve the world in his name. Risen Lord, be known to us in the breaking of the bread. Accept these prayers and praises, Father, through Jesus Christ, our great high priest, to whom with you and the Holy Spirit, your church gives honor, glory, and worship from generation to generation. Amen. And now, as our Savior Christ has taught us, we are bold to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Alleluia. Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast. The gifts of God for the people of God. Take them in remembrance that Christ died for you and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving.
eternal God, Heavenly Father, you have graciously accepted us as living members of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, and you have fed us with spiritual food in the sacrament of his body and blood. Send us now into the world in peace and grant us strength and courage to love and serve you with gladness and singleness of heart through Christ our Lord. Amen. The peace of God which passes all understanding. Keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be with you and remain with you always. Amen. Please stand and join in singing hymn number 411. <laughs> 